Psalm 23, reading verse 1 tonight, and then we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 33, Psalm 23 verse 1, and then Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 to 6. Last week, I spoke to you from the question, do you know a good doctor? Do you know a good doctor? Today I want to ask another question. And the question is, do you know a good shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's say that together out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not That was so powerful, I want to hear it again. Can we say it together again? This time I want you to confess it like it's true to the very core of your being. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now Jeremiah 33, Jeremiah 33, verso 3 al 6, call upon me. And I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. For thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the house of this city. And concerning the houses of the kings of Judah which are broken down to make a defense against the siege ramps and against the sword. While they are coming to fight with the Chaldeans and to fill them with the corpses of men whom I have slain in my anger and in my wrath and I have hidden my face from this city because of all their wickedness behold I will bring it to health and healing and I will heal them and I will reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth Can I read that over our city tonight? God says to Beeville, to the Bee County and Coastal Bend region, Behold, I will bring you to health and healing, and I will heal you, and I will reveal to you an abundance of peace and truth. Father, I thank you for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray tonight that the word would have its impact in our hearts. And as we come to the simplicity of the word, I pray that you would bring healing and health, not only to our hearts, but to our region. We ask this in Jesus' name. The church said a hearty amen. amen. I said a hearty amen. amen. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Do you know a good shepherd? Last week we talked about the need for a good doctor. We talked about the fact that there are many doctors who lay their claim on our lives but whose remedies and prescription for us is not a healing prescription, not a healing remedy. La semana pasada hablamos de la pregunta, ¿conoces a un buen doctor? 
Y nos dimos cuenta que hay muchos doctores los cuales tienen un deseo de dar una, una, un remedio a nuestra vida, pero su remedio cae bastante corto. But the Bible also talks about shepherds who are not good shepherds. La Biblia también habla de pastores que no son buenos pastores de un rebaño. Bible talks about the kind of shepherd that runs in the midst of trouble. The Bible calls that kind of shepherd a hireling who's not willing to lay down his life for his sheep. La Biblia habla de un pastor el cual huye cuando viene el peligro no queriendo dar su vida por su rebaño porque el rebaño no es de él. Alguien le paga para que él cuide el rebaño así que cuando llega el peligro este pastor corre uh, de el peligro. This shepherd isn't the owner of the flock. So whenever someone threatens the flock because he's a hireling, he runs away. But Jesus said that a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesús dijo que un buen pastor da su vida por las ovejas. In fact, he said of himself, I am the good shepherd. Jesús dijo de sí mismo, yo soy el buen pastor. So, unlike last week, I haven't left you hanging to know who the good doctor is. This week, I told you right up front who the shepherd is. And I want to ask you a question tonight. Do you know a good shepherd? Let me hear you say amen. You and I have a shepherd who has laid down his life for us. Tenemos un pastor el cual ha dado su vida por nosotros. He laid down his life. He saw the danger and the wrath of God and yet rather than run from it, he ran toward the cross. Jesús en vez de correr del peligro, corrió hacia el peligro de la cruz. Por lo tanto podemos decir que conocemos a un buen Pastor, so we can say tonight that we do know a good shepherd. And I want to focus on this word, which is the outcome of having Christ as your shepherd. There is a word here, a phrase, that every believer needs to know and recognize. Hay una frase aquí que es el, el resultado de tener a Jesús como tu pastor. If you have Christ As your shepherd, this phrase will be the outcome of your life. Si usted tiene a Jesús como su salvador, como su pastor, esta frase va a ser el remedio, va a ser el resultado de su vida. What is the phrase? The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, he said, there shall be nothing lacking in my life. Dice, yo, Jehová es, el, el, es mi pastor, nada me faltará. El resultado de tener a Dios como tu pastor es que nada te faltará. The result of having Christ as your shepherd is that you will not lack for anything, that you will not What? Now, some of you are already questioning that tonight. You're saying, I don't know, Pastor, because I have known some lack in my life. I have known wanting in my life. And so, I, I don't know if I can say that I shall not want. And I want to address that tonight. Algunos ya están diciendo, pero Pastor, hay cosas que faltan en mi vida y por lo tanto yo no puedo decir 
que nada me faltará. Here's the first thing I want you to notice. That the abundance of God, the provision of God, comes by the revelation of God. La abundancia de Dios viene por la revelación de Dios. Some of you can't say I shall not want because you have not received a revelation of God's abundance in your life. Algunos de ustedes esta noche no pueden decir nada me faltará porque no han recibido esa revelación de la abundancia que Dios tiene para tu vida. You have not yet received a revelation. You say, Pastor, what is a revelation? A revelation is something that comes from God when you learn or discover something that you could not have known otherwise. La revelación es algo que viene de Dios cuando Dios nos revela algo por medio del supernatural el cual no podíamos ver o ver entendido antes. Es algo que Él nos tiene que revelar. I'll give you a few examples to start out. Salvation comes by revelation. La salvación viene por la revelación. There was a long time when some of you walked without God. And you saw churches, you maybe even went to church. And you heard sermons preached. And maybe you even read the Bible and you sat in Bible studies. But you had not seen Christ for what he was yet. And it wasn't until he was revealed to you. Until those scales came off your eyes. That you saw the revelation of who Christ was. And you made him the Lord of your life. So salvation came because God revealed Christ to you. It is my prayer that if there's anyone here tonight who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, that the scales would fall off your eyes tonight and you would see Christ in all of his glory and beauty and that you would know him and that he would be revealed to you. Somebody say amen. amen. Healing comes by revelation. La sanidad viene por revelación. You and I will never pray for healing until we have a revelation of the fact that by His stripes we are healed. Jamás vamos a pedir o orar en, en, eh, por la sanidad hasta que tengamos una revelación del de hecho de que por sus llagas fuimos nosotros curados. Sometimes we have a faith that is limited. We say, well, God or Jesus died for other sinners, but not for this one. Jesus died to heal other people, but not to heal me. Jesus died to deliver other people, but he didn't die to deliver me, friend, until you get a revelation. Of the fact that Jesus is your shepherd. Your savior. Listen to what the psalmist said. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my king. He is my Lord. He is my God. I can say he is mine. Jacob had a similar experience. The patriarch, he called himself, he, he, he referred to God as the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. But then one day, Jacob had a personal encounter with God. God revealed himself to Jacob at a place called Bethel. And from that day forward, Jacob said he is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of me. He is my God. I know him. He is mine. Does anybody in here have the ability to say he is my God? My shepherd. Él es mi Salvador. Es una revelación personal. 
And the abundance of God comes by revelation. We read it tonight, Jeremiah 33, 6. I will reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Dice Jeremías 33, 6, que Dios dice, yo revelaré a ellos la abundancia de paz y de verdad. I believe every one of us should be praying tonight, Lord, reveal your abundance to me. Because until we have a revelation of his abundance, until we get a picture of the fact that there is a warehouse in heaven full of answers to prayer that has your name on it and that by faith you can lay claim to the promises of God and experience the provision of God and the abundance of God in your life, you will, you will encounter yourself not getting the full experience of the Christian life. Have I lost you tonight? There is in heaven a warehouse of answers to prayer and it's got your name on it. And guess what? I can't access it for you. And your husband and your wife can't access it for you. You have to access it by faith. That warehouse is the fullness of the promises of God made to your life. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 34. Young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not want for any good thing. You know how many times I've prayed that? I've prayed a whole lot. When I'm facing a situation in my life where I see something's missing here, something is lacking, something, I'm coming short of something, I say, Lord, your word says that young lions do lack and suffer hunger. Now, that's really kind of a Hebrew way of exaggerating a point because young lions don't generally go hungry. Their mamas feed them. And when mama brings the, the, uh, uh, hip bone of a gazelle and drags it into the cave, that young lion isn't suffering any lack. But he says, young lions do hunger and suffer lack. Even a, a, a mama lion might forget to feed her cubs, but God's children will never do without any good thing. I wish there was some faith in the house. You see, David can say that because he has a revelation of the fact that God has provided all things for him. You know where God provided for us? He provided for us at the cross. Every single thing that you and I will ever need in prayer, every answer to prayer has already been provided by the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross. So some of you need to pray tonight, Lord, give me a revelation. I'll tell you, some of you already have a revelation. And I'm going to mention it in this way because you may not have thought about it like this. But uh, the Bible teaches us to tithe, right? Say amen. All right. Some of you don't tithe because you don't have a revelation. But those of you who do tithe, you've seen it, haven't you? You've seen something. Something's been revealed to you and you realize, hey, with God, 90% goes farther than 100% when you get that old spirit of mammon off of it and, and you realize that God has blessed something and when you tithe, you've entered into a revelation of God's provision for your life. 
And if you haven't had that kind of a revelation, you need to ask God tonight. Why? Because Jeremiah 33, verse 3, the verse prior to the one I quoted, says, Call upon me. And I will answer. Not I might. But I will. You call Pastor Isaac, he might answer. You call God, he says, I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. Él dice, clama a mí, clama a mí, y yo te responderé. No puede ser que yo te responda, pero yo te responderé. Así que si usted no tiene esa revelación de la abundancia de Dios, entonces hoy le amonesto a pedirle a Dios que Él le revele esa abundancia, la cual Él ha provisto para usted en Cristo. Porque esa abundancia es nuestra, y Él dice, clama a mí, yo te responderé, y te Enseñaré cosas grandes. He says, I will reveal things to you if you call upon me. If you call upon me, I will show you things that you never dreamed of. I will show you things that will blow your mind. Some of you haven't had your mind blown by God in a long time. You're getting dusty up there. You need to get in, in, into the presence of God. Get into prayer. Get into the word. God will blow your mind. And I can tell you this. I've been studying the Bible professionally, I guess we could say, uh, since college for now more than uh, almost 15 years. And guess what? Every time I come to this book, it still blows my mind. There's always something new. Every page, every line, some revelation that God wants to show us. He says, call upon me and I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not if you're a reverend ordained with credentials. No, if you are a child of God, he says, I will do this for you. I will reveal those things to you that you don't know. Some of you are facing a situation right now you don't have an answer for. You don't have a solution for it. You need revelation. You need God to show you something that you don't know. You need God to open, the, to open that up to you and to give you wisdom for that. And he will if you will call upon him. Hay algunos esta noche que tienen una necesidad delante de Dios y no no saben qué van a hacer y necesitan revelación. Esa revelación viene por medio de Dios. Now the, the text says, I shall not want. Say that with me. I shall not want. Let's look in the Bible for some people that did lack. And I want you to study these people. Because it might be that you're lacking because you're like them. It might be that you are lacking because you reflect the characteristics of their lives. So let's look at some people in the Bible. Just jot this down and you can read it later. Daniel chapter 5 verse 27. Belshazzar, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. He is a Babylonian king. And the Bible says that he was having a wild drunken party. Now you guys don't know anything about that. But that was Belshazzar, what he was doing. You, you don't know about wild drunken parties. But he was having a feast. And in the midst of his revelry, pride, as always, came into his heart. You know the Bible says that when there's liquor, there's going to be pride. Ooh. 
And so they were drinking, they were partying, they were having a feast. Pride came into his heart. And you know what Belshazzar said? He said, bring to me the instruments from the house of God. The golden vessels, the goblets, the plates. We're going to eat on Yahweh's dining ware tonight. You know he was drunk and proud, don't you? He said, we're going to eat on Yahweh's china tonight. And he was making fun of the God of Israel. He was making fun of the God of Daniel. And the Bible said they brought the instruments of gold from the, from the storage where he had them. And they brought them into that banquet hall. And they made revelry with the sacred and holy uh, pieces of, of furniture from the house of God. And the scripture says that while they were in their revelry, the hand of God appeared in time. Now that'll spook anybody, even if it's not Halloween time, right? If a hand comes out and just just a hand is floating in the air and he starts to write on the wall. How many of you know that's a good time for an altar call? He starts writing on the wall and and they don't understand the, the, the language of it, but they call Daniel. They call the righteous man. They bring in old Daniel, and Daniel says, uh, this is what the interpretation means. You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Belshazzar, you have been weighed on the scales of God's righteousness, and you have been found lacking. See, Yahweh was not Belshazzar's shepherd, and therefore Belshazzar was lacking something. He was lacking that thing which all of us lack. He was lacking righteousness. He was lacking holiness. And let me tell you, friend, if God weighs you in the balance and Jesus is not your shepherd, you will get the same message that Belshazzar received. That is what has been written over this nation. I believe America is under the wrath of God. Even as we speak, and her days are coming uh, to a swift conclusion as we see God bring wrath and judgment upon our nation. And he has written over America, 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 I have weighed you in the balance and found you lacking. When God weighs any man or any woman on the scales. He finds them lacking. Cuando Dios habló al rey Balshazar, él le dijo, te he, te he, uh, uh, te he puesto en el, en el nivel y ha sido, ha sido encontrado falto. Algo falta. ¿Qué faltaba en la vida del rey? Le faltaba la justicia, le faltaba la santidad, que es lo que le falta a cualquier persona en este mundo cuyo Dios no es Jesús. Si Dios te encuentra a ti fuera de Jesús, Él escribe sobre tu vida, falto, lacking. God at every moment, at some point in our life, has written over our life, found wanting. And now it's at that moment, in that revelation of that reality, that you should be saying to me, Preacher, tell me, how do I get out of that condition? 
But see, it's very quiet in here tonight. There isn't anybody saying, I want to know, I need to know. And that's the crisis in America today. Nobody wants to know how to be saved because they don't know how desperately lost they are. Friend, God has weighed you in the balance and found you lacking, found you wanting if you're outside of Christ. Belshazzar was outside of God, outside of Christ. God found him desperately lacking. He was an unrighteous and an unholy man. And I'll tell you this, God will write that over the most saintly Christian if he's not a convert, if he's not a true believer in Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter how much religion you have, doesn't matter how many book smarts you have, doesn't matter how much money you gave to the church, what matters is if Jesus is your shepherd. If you're walking in obedience to his word, you have been found lacking. And the Bible says that the Lord told Belshazzar, tonight your kingdom has been taken from you. And that very night the Persians broke in to the citadel of of Babylon and took Belshazzar captive. Let me tell you, friend, there's coming a day. It might be by death or by tribulation. God is going to take away the kingdoms of this world. And he is going to bring every man and woman to justice. And he's going to bring every man and and woman to, to, to righteous judgment. And on that day, friend, it will be too late to cry out for mercy. Today is a day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Now is a day for mercy. And today, if you come to Christ... You make him your shepherd. He will will give you his righteousness. And when God weighs you, he won't find you wanting anymore. Then you can say with David, the Lord is my savior. He is my justifier. He is the redeemer of my soul. I shall not want. He makes me righteous. He makes me holy. He makes me pure. He makes me good. He makes me right before God. If there's any saved people in here, I wish you would let, let me know it tonight. When it comes to righteousness, I shall not want. It's all been provided in Christ. Luke 15, 14. Young boy leaves the family. He tells his dad, I want all of my inheritance. You know what he was saying? He said to dad, I'm tired of waiting for you to die. So I want you to give me my share of the inheritance. That's an insult to papa, isn't it? Can't wait around for you to die. I need you to give me my money now. And, and they liquidated half of the estate or his part of the estate. And they give him his inheritance. We know him as the prodigal son. You ever heard of him? You ever been him? Yeah. The Bible said that he took his money and he wasted it on riotous living. Lucas 15, 14, un hijo se va de la casa de su padre diciendo, yo quiero mi porción de la herencia. Diciendo en sí, yo no quiero esperar a que, a que mueras, papá. Quiero que tú me des lo que es mío. Y él va y malgasta toda, toda esa herencia. He goes and misspent all of that inheritance. And you know, the Bible said that he found himself eat or wanting to eat the slop that belonged to the pigs. Sounds like lack to me. Se encontró queriendo comer la la comida de los marranos. Esa es falta 
de comida, falta de recursos. Él no podía decir, nada me faltará porque él no podía decir, Jehová es mi pastor. This young man could not say, I shall not want, because he could not say that the Lord was his shepherd. Maybe you have found yourself like him in a place of backsliding and rebellion against God. Maybe you found yourself drifting ever further and further from God, wanting the benefits of a relationship with God without the commitment of relationship with God. And let me tell you, friends, sooner or later, sin will drag you further than you plan to go, and it will cost you more than you plan to pay, and you'll find yourself like him. Saying, in my father's house, the servants eat better than this. He found himself in lack because he could not say the Lord was his shepherd. What did he have to do? He had to come home. He had to go back to the father. Él se encontró en un lugar de falta de comida porque él había abandonado la casa de su padre. ¿Cuál era el remedio? El remedio era de regresar al hogar de su padre y recibir el perdón y recibir aquella restauración de su alma. Hoy te digo, si estás en ese lugar, el pecado siempre te llevará más lejos que lo que querías ir y te costará más que lo que puedes pagar. Y el remedio es de regresar a la casa del padre. I'm speaking to somebody that's playing with prodigalness. You're sitting in church. But you are flirting with the prodigal spirit. Flirting with the lostness of your soul. Friend, return to the Father's house. In your heart, return to Christ. Algunos esta noche están jugando con el espíritu pródigo. Y te digo, hoy regresa a la casa del Padre porque fuera de ella... No hay nada sino la escasez. Outside of the Father's house, there is nothing but lack. Come on, you guys have been out of the, potters, of the, fa the Father's house, haven't you? Isn't it funny that when, you had, when you're outside the Father's house, you had money but no joy, or you had joy but no money, or you had a relationship but you had this other thing missing. Something's always lacking outside of the Father's house. But in the Father's house, you got the money you need and the joy you need and the peace you need and the health you need and the power you need. And come on, somebody, and the answer to prayer that you need, it's in the Father's house, in the shepherd's house. Matthew 25, verse 8. The Bible said there were ten virgins. There were ten bridesmaids. And they were waiting for the wedding party to start. Mateo 25, 8. Había diez vírgenes. Ellas eran las, las madrinas de la boda y estaban esperando la, el, la llegada del de novio. And the Bible says five of them had carried extra oil. They had gassed up the lamp so that there wouldn't be any lack. Five of them were foolish. And when the, when the bridegroom came, they had run out of oil. They were lacking oil. They were lacking that very precious symbol of the anointing. 
Cuando vino el novio al fin Estas diez, cinco de ellas estaban preparadas Con aceite en su lámpara Las otras cinco se encontraron Con falta de recurso Falta de ese aceite Que es la preciosa unción Del Espíritu Santo I pray that this parable not be prophetic in this sense. That it could be that in the last days, fully 50% of the church will be without oil, without anointing, without unction. God forbid that any one Christian in this church should live that kind of unprepared life. But can I tell you, friend, if you find yourself today with no oil in your lamp, with no anointing in your life, with no, with no power of the Spirit, no presence of God, it's time to come back to the shepherd. He is the one that anoints your head with oil. It is he that makes your cup run over. Hallelujah. He is the good shepherd. The one that supplies the very oil of life. The illumination. The healing balm, the medicine of our soul. She, they found themselves in lack because they had not made the Lord their shepherd. They had not been to him on a consistent basis for his anointing, for his grace. The Bible tells us that in the tabernacle they went every week, every day for the renewing of the oil. And how often, not you guys because you're the cream of the crop, but there are some in the church today who only go get their lamp filled every once in a while. Will there be oil in their lamp when he comes? Or will he be found wanting? Him said, let the oil in my lamp be brightly burning. Can you stand one more? Luke 16, 24. Luke 16:24. A very rich man died. Isn't that the obituary you want to avoid? A very rich man died. And he woke up in hell. What an obituary. If I was preaching a funeral tonight, I would tell you, friend, you don't want that obituary. A very rich man died and he, he woke up in hell. He was in the burning torment of the place of torment. Luke 16, 24, he called the father Abraham over in the bosom of Abraham, which was paradise, the place of waiting before heaven, uh, before heaven was made available to Christ. And he called out to him and he said, let Lazarus, that poor beggar, let him come and just dip his finger in the water and touch my tongue because I am, I am in torment in this agony. He found himself When he died outside of Christ, he found himself in hell and he found himself in eternal lack. My goodness. If you think living through life without, without tortillas is bad, imagine going through all eternity in lack. Not a friend, not a soul to comfort, no one to hear your cry, no one to answer your prayer, no one to say it's time, no invitation, no preacher standing in the pulpit telling you to come and saying, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Oh friend, what an eternity separated from God, separated from all comfort and an absolute lack. 
Why? Because he could not say in his soul, the Lord is my shepherd. For all eternity, he would would be separated from God in the fires of an eternal hell. Because he did not make Christ his Lord. So today, if you want to be able to say, I will not want, you must first be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Now if you return to Psalm 23, as Josh comes, I want to read to you a list of the things the shepherd has provided. Just a sampling. This is not the whole menu. It's just a sampling. Somebody say amen. Amen. You ever had a sampler? A little bit of onion rings, a little bit of cheese sticks, a little bit of uh, chips. I don't know what else. I never order samplers because I don't like all the textures. (laughs) But this is just a sampler. Now, if you have a pen, get ready because I want you to underline some things here. Now, this is the last will and testament. God has laid out your inheritance in the pages of the Bible. And I want you to see some of the things he has provided. Do you have it? You guys sound so beautiful when you read it. So I want you to say verse 1 with me again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That sounds good. You know, hell quakes when you say that. Now, I want you to say it if it's been revealed to you that Jesus is your Savior. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When God weighs me in the balance, I won't be found lacking. That's good news. And I'll never be found outside the Father's house begging for bread. That's good news. I'll never be found without oil in my lamp. That's good news. I'll never be in hell. Not even for a moment. I deserve hell for eternity, but I won't see hell for a minute because the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah! Somebody ought to give God praise. He is my shepherd. Shut and sealed forever the hell, the door of an eternal hell, and open forever the door of an eternal glory. Somebody ought to give God praise. The Lord is my shepherd. All right, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Underline that green pastures. Green sounds good all the time, doesn't it? Around here, green means money. In Ghana, it doesn't mean money, but in America, green means money. But you know what else? Green means growth. He said he will lead me into green pastures. He's going to lead me to growth and maturity. Pastor Bondi said it this morning. He read it this morning. You have been predestined to become conformed to the image of Christ. God's going to make you like his son. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Underline quiet waters. Sounds good to me. A place for the replenishing of the thirsty soul. A place where all anxieties drown in the comfort of the stream of God's grace. He restores my soul. Underline the word restores. That's a promise for the backslider. If your soul is backslidden today, he says, I will restore your soul. What does a restoration cost? What did it cost to renovate this facility? What would it cost to renovate a soul? My friend, it's an extraordinary cost. But he says, if you're in the house, I'll restore your soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness, underlying righteousness. What would it cost to have the righteousness of God? Can I tell you, the righteousness of God is the most expensive commodity. It was bought with the blood of the Son of God. Yet the shepherd says, I will lead you in paths of righteousness. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Underline, fear no evil. What would you pay for a fearless life? I know people who can't sleep at night, they'd pay $1,000 a night just to sleep. Fear and anxiety driving away at their soul. But all those who know the shepherd, they need not pay a dime to have his peace. I will fear no evil. And when they come to the door of death, I know people who would pay millions of dollars just to avoid death. But you know, for the believer, he says, when you come to the door of death, there will be no fear. Hallelujah. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Underline the word comfort. How many thousands of dollars are spent each day in America with psychologists and psychiatrists trying to find comfort for the soul. But David says, if God is your shepherd, you'll have his comfort. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Underline the word table. That is a place that speaks of communion and fellowship with God. It also speaks of the divine provision of our daily bread. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, Give us this day our daily bread. When you have Jesus as your shepherd, you will have his daily provision. I'm looking around and I'm not seeing anybody in here who's doing without daily bread. Somehow or another, God has provided, hasn't he? Somehow or another, he's made a way. He has set a table before you, not just in the presence of your friends, but in the presence of your enemies. Don't you just love it when your enemies buy you lunch? That's a good day. That happened to me once. I don't have any enemies, but they thought they were my enemies, and then God let them buy me lunch. You can buy me dinner too. You have anointed my head with oil. Underline the word anointed. What would a man pay for the anointing? 
The Bible speaks of Simon the sorcerer. He wanted to buy the anointing. What would you pay to be able to drive out devils in the name of Jesus? Or to be able to pray a prayer of deliverance over a captive? Money cannot buy the anointing. And yet if he is your shepherd, he says, I will anoint your head with oil. Number five, my cup overflows. That's the abundance of God. Overflow. More than enough. Enough to spill over and bless somebody else. Kingsway, that is our destiny. That is God's purpose and design for us. That we would be an overflowing church. Have enough to spill over and bless somebody else. That, that even though you're walking to the grocery store, something just spills over and blesses the person in front of you, the person behind you. That you would, in your life, be a blessing to other people. Verse 6, surely goodness, underline goodness, and loving kindness, underline loving kindness, will follow me. Have you ever been followed? No? You're being followed right now. If the Lord is your shepherd, goodness and loving kindness are following you all the days of your life. I'm going to ask Anthony and Colton, come up here, guys. But come quickly. Anthony is going to be goodness. And Colton, you're going to be loving kindness. Get behind me. Now, you couldn't see them, but the whole time I've been preaching, goodness and mercy have been with me. Now you follow me because that's what the Bible says that wherever I go surely goodness and mercy will follow me so when I go and I get into a valley and I look around and there's nobody there goodness and mercy are with me and when I get on a mountaintop and it seems like I'm alone surely goodness and mercy are with me and when I get into a sick bed surely goodness and mercy are there and when I get into lack oh I look around and say I will lack nothing because goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell come on and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever This is what my shepherd can give me. Is there anybody that knows a good shepherd? Is there anybody that knows a good shepherd? Is there anybody that knows a good shepherd? Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Come on, follow me, follow me. Hallelujah. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd.